Welcome to The Kingdom is for Everyone. This is your host, Matthew Hester, and this is the place to discuss all things righteousness, peace, and joy. I want to take just a moment to thank our Hester Ministries monthly supporters. You help make this podcast a reality, as well as the many things we do for the sake of the gospel around the world. We cannot thank you enough for your support. If you want information on how to become a monthly support partner, please go to hesterministries.org partner to find out more. Uh, also, you can enjoy this show wherever you love to listen to podcasts. And with that in mind, please like and share this podcast. Do leave us a five-star review so that we can get in front of as many people as possible. We'd also ask you to prayerfully consider becoming a podcast supporter. Go to the homepage for this podcast at anchor.fm slash the kingdom for everyone. That's the number for everyone. And then uh, you can find that information. Also, uh, do us a favor, click on that message tab and leave us a voice message or a question that we would love to feature on an upcoming episode of our podcast. Uh, Here at The Kingdom is for Everyone, we want you to be more than an audience. We want you to be a participant. All right, I want to jump right into episode 60. And this uh, episode is titled, Who's Your Favorite Bible Character? And I hope that that um, title doesn't turn you off. Uh, but I, I wanted to share some thoughts along that line and, and really speak into uh, some of the images we have of God. And, you know, and by asking that question, it actually can give us a lot of insight uh, into ourselves uh, and as well as the character and nature of God. And so I actually posed this question. Uh, I was up in New York recently, uh, had a, a, a great time. And uh, one of the meetings we had, I had a men's meeting, and I was challenging the men uh, about who they most identified with, who. What Bible character do you most identify with? And, uh, you know, for myself, uh, I always identified with David. And, uh, and and I would say, well, David or Peter, I think most men could identify with Peter as well. You know, uh, Jesus blesses you one minute, you're one of his faithful disciples, and then uh, he's calling you, you know, Satan uh, <laughs> the next breath. That sounds pretty accurate of my life oftentimes. Uh, but then you know David, and it's like, well, what, what, what is there not to admire if you look at uh, just our our regular tone of masculinity and those kind of things? David, he he ranks up there near the top. Now, now I, I want to make sure I share this disclaimer: you can't say Jesus because that's right. That's kind of the answer that everyone would expect. So, who's your favorite character outside of Jesus? Who do you most relate with or identify with? And so, for me, David, and you think about the life of David, a warrior, a worshiper, so a life marked by passion, uh, violent, right? Um, you know, lopping off the head the head of, of a giant and, and uh, you know, military conquest, and um, just did amazing things that... Um, are, are, are certainly in the realm of legend, right? Uh, also, uh, a womanizer, you know? And, and so again, you see this this feeds into a lot of our narrative of, of what the alpha male would be, uh, would be David. And then when it's all said and done, amazingly, uh, we're told that he's a man after God's own heart, which I think actually reflects more of his uh, his his worship uh, personality, his repentance personality. Um, I believe it was Brian Zond, uh, if, if not Brian Zond, as Bradley Jerzak. They said that God did not cut covenant with the warrior David, he cut covenant with the worshiper David. And I love that thought. Um, 
And so, yeah, I, th- I think uh, David, you know, growing up, that was probably even my favorite. Uh, there, there used to be this cartoon series, uh, Bible Adventures or something like that. And I would watch it all the time because, yeah, I wanted to see the, you know, the, the stone hit Goliath in the forehead and watch him collapse. And, uh, and so there's all that imagery. There's that alpha male imagery, that uh, the violence against our enemies imagery. Um, and, and then, you know, even Jesus, you know, he, he has a connection with David. He references David as his father. We know that Jesus came from the tribe of Judah. He's actually the lion of the tribe of Judah. And, um, and so, yeah, it's like, Hey, well, maybe, maybe it could be, uh, that Jesus is, is like David to a large degree. I mean, we've, We've kind of been brought up, or at least, you know, I don't want to speak for you, but in a lot of my understanding of growing up that there is this uh, this side of God that tears enemies to pieces. And um, if he doesn't command or implicitly direct us to to go after people and destroy families and things like that, uh, at, at the very least, um, he's he's approving of what we decide to do um, by his silence, I mean, however you want to word it. Uh, and so that just got me thinking, uh, so so why? Why do I identify with David? Uh, what is it? What is it in me? that uh, fills that connection to David. And, and so that's kind of the rabbit hole I want to go down. Now, I, I understand for the ladies listening um, that that this may not, well, probably certainly doesn't really connect with you, at least on the David, but you, you can think about the women in Scripture. Uh, now, your examples, actually, if you think about women in the Bible, uh, don't seem to be as complicated. And when I mean complicated, I, I don't mean that the ladies are simple by any notion. I mean, the, the men would have these honorable characteristics most oftentimes, and then very dishonorable. You think about, uh, again, Peter, David, Samson, you know, and, and the list goes on. Solomon, Abraham, Noah. You see these great victories, and then, oh my gosh, you know, uh, the women, you think of Ruth, Esther, Naomi, Boaz. I mean, amazing women to follow. Mary. Um, I mean, certainly there's there's a couple you probably don't want to imitate. Jezebel would come to mind uh, uh, among a few. But, um, but again, the point I'm making uh, can transfer across these different characters. Ask yourself, why do I connect? What is it? What's being revealed in the character and nature of God, uh, or what's being revealed in my own character and nature that reflects these these characters or these images? And so I think of David. Um, so again, no no surprise here. David was a man of violence. You know, in First Samuel 18 verses seven and eight, we we hear this song about David. And the crowds, the multitude, first they're they're singing because Saul and David have come back from military conquest. Saul has slain his thousands, and David his tens of thousands. Um, you know, I I have friends that have served in the military. Uh, my my own grandfather uh, fought in World War II, uh, and so every now and then you get a glimpse into a conversation where human life was taken. Um, but you know, I mean, no one's ever. <laughs> I, I don't know anyone personally that it's ever been said of them. They claim their thousands. They slayed their thousands and tens of thousands. My gosh. Uh, who in the world would want to mess with anyone like Saul or David? And then Saul actually gets angry because uh, he didn't like the lyric there. Uh, and he's like, hey, they're giving David credit for 10,000. And, and and to me, they're only giving me credit for 1,000. Um, I'm not sure that's something we should be offended over, really. <laughs> but uh, uh, and, and, and there's other, I mean, 
outrageous accounts of so so again David we know the worshiper the the bulk of the psalms are written by him um, a pattern for passionate worship but then you know but just as equally outrageous violent uh, we would say ungodly characteristics. I mean, in second in Second Samuel eleven, you know, you've got the the account of Bathsheba. I mean, essentially David raping Bathsheba, having her husband murdered. Uh, this is this is not looking good uh, for David. Uh, but again, somewhere in his character, he understood the value of repentance. Now it. It's, he didn't really understand the value of wisdom. The wisdom would have kept him or guarded him from doing these things, but uh, he knew how to repent once he had done them. And and, and I mean, like, true repentance. Uh, once, typically when he was guilty of something, he didn't commit the same offense twice, you know. Uh, so he really knew how to repent. Uh, but then I find this so interesting. Uh, in First Chronicles 22, uh, David is talking to Solomon and and in verse 7, he says, My son, I had it in my heart to build a house for the name of the Lord my God, but this word of the Lord came to me. So the, the Lord speaks to him. You have shed much blood, and you fought many wars. You are not to build a house for my name, because you have shed much blood on the earth in my sight. So I want to just stop right there for a moment. So now if we go back, and, and you go back, and you, you restudy the life of David, uh, I want to ask this question, and, and you can answer it yourself personally. How many times do you believe that David, in the things that he did, especially military conquest, chasing down and uh, destroying enemy armies and people, right, all these things, that, that you you would say, you know what, David believed that he was under the command of God. He believed that God endorsed it, and um, if if he did not implicitly do it verbally uh, by his silence, he, he, there was approval, and so and and David expanded the nation of Israel, expanded the borders of the of the territory. I mean, no king like David, right? the The only king that sat on a throne greater than David would have been Jesus, right? Um, so believing, believing that God wanted him to do these things. But then the Lord tells him, you have shed much blood. You have fought many wars. You you can't build a house for my name because you've shed much blood on the earth in my sight. But then the word goes on, but, but you will have a son who will be a man of peace and rest. And I will give him rest from all of his enemies on every side. His name will be Solomon, and I will grant Israel peace and quiet during his reign. So does this sound like God? that he would command or uh, endorse bloodshed that would actually disqualify David from building a house for him? Or could it be that David, in these acts, in these moments, while he felt that God endorsed them or, you know, was was approving of them, that God actually wasn't? I, I think there's a pretty that's a pretty fair question. Um because then he wants to build a house, and I was like, "Yeah, you can't. You're <laughs> what? No one. You can't build a house in my name. Look at the blood on your hands. Um, your son can do it. He'll be a man of peace." Um, so I I find it very difficult to connect those dots, right? Um, and so in these moments, and there's lots of images like this throughout Scripture, where we see men and women on occasion who who are 
acting outside of the character or nature of God, yet they feel their actions are endorsed by God. Uh, and, and they and they guess they don't stop just to hear the heart of God. They don't stop for a moment just to, hey, is this really uh, the way of our good Father? And so they act, and God's there with them. He, he never leaves or forsakes them, uh, and then works with them where they are in their level of understanding, um, bearing their sin image, right? In, in essence, uh, allowing us to crucify God over and over again. After all, he is self-sacrificial. He is the crucified Christ, always has been. Um, and so that's just an interesting thought for us to kind of process through these questions. Uh, and so so you think about that. And, and, and so what, what I just shared, now you think about Psalm, right? So Psalm 32, these again, songs written by David. So I guess the, the first question I'm asking is, what sounds like God? Uh, Saul is slain as thousands, David is ten thousands. Is that, is that God approving of David, killing tens of thousands? Do we see that the nature of God in 2 Samuel 11 when David rapes Bathsheba and has Uriah murdered? Uh, is is that the character or nature of God that says, you know, even though I, 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 I supported you killing all these people, you can't build me a house because you've killed too many people. That sounds like God uh, can't make up his mind. Or... Look at some of these passages in Psalms where David picks up on the heart of God. Psalm 32, verses 1 and 2. Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them, and in whose spirit is no deceit. Now, that sounds, uh, now we're getting somewhere, that sounds like more of an accurate representation of the character and nature of God. Or what about Psalm 103, verses 10 through 12? He, God, does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. And then I want to share this quote uh, from Brian Zahn, which I think is so good. We cannot help Jesus repair the world and build the true house of the Lord if we remain fascinated with the violent ways of David the warlord. It's David the worshiper that God makes his covenant with, not David the warlord. The warlord cannot build the house of the Lord. It's David's peaceable son who builds the true temple. And uh, and actually in that quotation, son is capitalized and he's referring to Jesus. Uh, Again, Jesus referenced David as his father. So it's not a direct reference to Solomon. It's a direct reference to Jesus who would indeed build the true temple. And he, one one of the many beautiful names of Jesus, is he is the Prince of Peace. So he was certainly more than qualified to build the true temple. And so... Uh, Again, back to the original question, what is your favorite Bible character? Who is your favorite Bible character? Um, Ask yourself why. Does it reflect our need? Like I think about David. Do I like David because it reflects my need for violence, for vengeance, uh, for, for any number of atrocious acts? And then knowing that if I at least repent, then then God will continue to to work with me. Well, uh, is that is that what I what I'm seeing, or um, am I leaning into the worshiper who is David, um, knowing that 
Uh, that's where he really heard the voice of God, and he began to release these prophetic utterances that, that even when he uttered them, you think about the, the, the entire uh, backdrop of, of the Psalms. This is all old co- the old covenant world, yet he is singing prophetically songs that uh, are, are better covenant. I mean, in, in those days, you didn't talk about God not holding people's sins against them, and those, that, that's, that, was, that was heresy in the day of David. Yet he heard the voice of the Lord, he heard the heart of God, and he sang forth um, uh, uh, things that he, he himself would not even necessarily realize, uh, but his son, Jesus, would uh, usher in uh, with the better covenant. And so I think it's just uh, something for us to ponder. You know, in, in the life and teachings of Jesus, we, we encounter a different image of God. We do. We, we encounter the authentic image of God. Uh, you know, and, in, and in fact, according to Jesus, the entire biblical story ends differently than that suggested by the narratives of the God of violence. You know, I mean, unlike the New Testament book of Revelation, in which the current world ends with a war of retribution. Come on, that's, that's really that's what the modern church has attempted to paint out the picture of, of Revelation to be. Our first mistake is that we make Revelation about the future, which that is problematic. Uh, but, but then we're okay using these extremely violent images of God, I mean, literally destroying a third of the people on earth. And we're okay with it. Like we say it with almost a celebratory heart. Like, yeah, yeah, when you see this stuff, the end is near. Hallelujah. Um, but it's interesting. But Jesus describes that that same vision in which the world ends, you know, whatever that means. Uh, and I don't believe it's it's the actually the end of creation. It's, it's the end of the age is what is being spoken about and what unfolds in the book of Revelation. But he talks about that end. It, it's a banquet. It's a wedding feast to which all God's children are invited. Now, which one of those sounds like the character and nature of God? A God who, uh, out of his wrath and thirst for blood and vengeance, destroys a third of the earth's population? Or does it look more like what Jesus would describe as the wedding feast of the Lamb? So these, these two contrasting images can't be reconciled. I mean, it can't be a battle first and then a banquet. Uh, these are not two sides of the same coin. I mean, they're completely different coins. I would even submit they're completely different games, completely different narratives. Uh, and, and, uh, and we just need to search out the heart of God to see which one is authentic. And how do we get down to what is authentic? What most looks like the character and nature of God as is revealed through the crucified Christ. So I would just challenge you as we are finishing up, finishing up this episode, just ask yourself, who do I most identify with? A character in, in the Bible. And again, I would say just, Let's take Jesus off the table. So who's your second favorite? And then ask yourself why. Why do you most identify with them? And see what insight you get. What, what's revealed to you? Uh, are you seeing the character and nature of God reflected through that, that, that character, through that story? Or are you seeing something reflected about your own character and nature that God's wanting to reveal? Uh, either way, we're going to learn a valuable lesson when we answer the question honestly. Uh, and so, uh, yeah. Um, who's your favorite Bible character? It's a simple enough question, but hey, it's going to take us to some profound and deep places. So I challenge you to do that and then let us know. We'll have that question posted up with this episode. Who's your favorite Bible character? We would love to hear back from you uh, just to get an idea of who everyone's tracking with there. 
All right. Well, I want to uh, just mention a couple of things before we close out. Please go to HesterMinistries.org to find out more of what we're doing. We've got travel dates coming up throughout the end of 2023. We'd love to see you if you're anywhere nearby. Uh, Also go to presenttruthacademy.org and sign up for one of our study tracks or electives. We are right now almost at the halfway mark of the recording of this episode, almost at the halfway mark of our brand new study track, The God Who Looks Like Jesus, uh, which I promise you, you do not want to miss. We'd love to partner with you on your journey into truth. I do want to remind you, please like this podcast, share it, leave us a five-star review so that we can get in front of as many people as possible. Thank you so much for letting us be a part of your week. If you listen to our new episodes on Tuesday or whenever you listen to them, uh, we are so grateful. We know you have a lot of choices uh, that are vying for your attention, and we are humbled that you would give us some of your time. All right, well, God bless you. Have an amazing week, and uh, look forward to you joining us for our next episode. I want to remind you of this before we finish up. If the kingdom isn't for everyone, well, then it's not for anyone. God bless you.